Dominic, Dominic, Dominic. Highly contested. T3 on the track. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Act like radios are off. The takes is high. Highly contested. It's getting wild. Highly contested. If you wanna talk the talk, then you better walk the walk. Get the facts, show the stats. Hello and welcome to Highly Contested. This podcast covers some of the hottest topics in the world of football and basketball, where our crew gives our highly contested takes on these topics and supports our takes with facts. I'm Andrew and I'm here with George and Joe. George, how are you doing today? Doing pretty good, man. How are you guys doing? We're ready for the weekend. How are you doing, Drew? I'm doing pretty well. Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm excited for the weekend too. I can't wait to just kick back and relax. How about you, Joe? I'm doing pretty good, man. Pretty good. Can't wait to watch some football this Sunday too, right? Of course. Yeah. Some of our featured topics for today include, will the NBA Finals end on Game 5? Is Aaron Rodgers making a statement with his performances so far this season? And was Cam the difference between the Patriots winning or losing their game versus the Chiefs? Let's dive headfirst into it here on Highly Contested. We're going to jump right into the NBA. The Los Angeles Lakers and Miami Heat are about to play Game 5 of the NBA 2020 Finals. This is an elimination game for the Miami Heat, so the Lakers will have to expect them to fight hard in this match. So, George... Will the NBA Finals end on Game 5 with the Lakers taking home the trophy? Yeah, sadly for the Miami Heat, you know, it's going to end for them. Their season's going to come to an end. The Lakers are going to win in 5, and that was their the common denominator in this series. Well, not all, in the entire playoffs. It was Lakers in 5, first round 5, second round 5, Western Conference Finals in 5. Now it's going to be the Finals in 5. So they also said they were going to bring out the Mamba jerseys for this game. And little do you know, they are undefeated in the Mamba jerseys. So I don't see them losing now. They're going to have that Mamba spirit in them. They're going to come out. They, they know what's at stake. And they are not going to give Miami any life to live another day. And they will take game five. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, the NBA Finals won tomorrow, well, Friday. And like you said, like George said, that was the common vote. It was going to be five games, and the Lakers are going to win. LeBron James is going to get finals MVP. Done and over with. Yeah, I think it'll end on game five as well. Jimmy Butler had to have the best game of his career for them to win one game, and it came down to, and it came off the Lakers having 20 turnovers as well. They shot poorly from the field at 43% that game three, and they only had 34 points in the paint, which is very uncharacteristic of them. Jimmy had an amazing game three, and he pumped his team up for game four as well, but they were just outmatched and outplayed. Now, Joe, you said something interesting. You said LeBron James is going to win the finals MVP trophy. Can you explain a little bit on why you think that is? He He's the leader of that team. He takes over the games when he has to take over. And if he doesn't, he hands it out uh, to, with his assists. And that's an all-around finals MVP stature. So that's why he's going to win it. 
Yeah, interesting. George, if you had to pick someone who's going to win finals MVP, with the if granted the Lakers win tomorrow, if you had to pick somebody, who would it be? I think this is the real question right here is who's going to win it because it's a little closer than I think many people think. I think most people would probably give it to LeBron just because it's LeBron. But, you know, game one, game two, Anthony Davis came out and balled out. Game three is the one where I would lean more LeBron's favor because Anthony Davis didn't have that great of a game. He was in foul trouble and they lost that game. But game four, again, was another close game by both. And Anthony Davis in the end of that game came up clutch with a big time three, some clutch blocks. So it's a little closer. I think this is definitely going to be up to this next game if it does end in game, game five. Who has the better game and who's more dominant in that game might be the one who gets it. Because I think right now, if you just look at, you know, the numbers, Anthony Davis might be the MVP right now. But again, we'll see how this next game plays out and see who actually earns it. What are your thoughts, Drew? Yeah, I got to be honest with you. I can't disagree with you more. I don't think this is close at all at the given moment right now. And here's why I don't think it's that close. Yeah, Anthony Davis had two great games to start where he averaged 33 points per game, but then he dropped tremendously in games three and four, averaging only 18.5 points per game in those two. A 15-point drop-off is big, and it's why I believe he won't win finals MVP. The real winner is going to be LeBron James, barring a terrible game in game five, because he is once again averaging a high number of points, rebounds, and assists in the NBA finals. Just as Joe mentioned, he is the Swiss army knife on their team. And that's why he will win the finals MVP. In my opinion, he would have to have the, he would have to have a terrible game for them to, for, for him to not win finals MVP, in my opinion, in game five. And if he has a terrible game, then the Lakers are probably losing that game five. Yeah. So let's just look at this real quick. So game one, right? Anthony Davis has 34 points. Nine rebounds, five assists, three blocks, and has a plus 23. LeBron James in game one has 25 points, 13 rebounds, nine assists. He has a plus 10 on the plus minus. So game two, if we look at, we're looking at, so this is a close one. So AD has 32 points, 14 rebounds, one assist. LeBron James has 33 points, uh, nine rebounds, nine assists. So flirted with another triple-double right there. Game three, this is is the big one that takes a hit for Anthony Davis. So this one right here, Anthony Davis has 15 points. He's got five rebounds, three assists. And LeBron James has 25 points, 10 rebounds, eight assists. But he has those eight turnovers also. So let's look at this last game, game four. And let's look at these stats real quick. So Anthony Davis has 22 points, nine rebounds, four assists, and four blocks. While LeBron James has his 28 points, 10 rebounds, or 12 rebounds, sorry, and eight assists. So, like I said, and in that game, Anthony Davis has a plus 17, while LeBron has a minus 2. So, like I said, I think it's a little close. It's definitely going to come down to this last game, although I think LeBron James might win it out of just 
being LeBron James if it is a tiebreaker? Joe, did you have any thoughts about that, or are you gonna? No, nah, I, I, I'll, I'll stick to what I wrote that LeBron James is gonna win it. Yeah, I'm sticking to that as well. I mean, you pretty much you pretty much mentioned their stats, and you mentioned a lot of you know a lot of stats that are honestly in favor of LeBron when you think about it, because he's he is averaging. It sounds like he's averaging just as much rebounds. If not, he's not too far off from Anthony Davis in rebounds. He's averaging way more assists and he's averaging more in points. It sounds like as well, because as I mentioned, Anthony Davis, he did average 33 points per game in the first two games, but he dropped off big time in the, in the second two games, games three and four. So it looks like in the major categories that we consider the three major categories, which are, you know, points, rebounds, assists, it looks like in points and assists, it is, in favor of LeBron, uh, very heavily with assists. And then in rebounds, it is in favor of Anthony Davis, but not by much. That's why I'm thinking that Anthony Davis, uh, will not win finals MVP. I think it will be LeBron. If you would have asked me after game two, I would have told you for sure that AD was in the lead, but I would have also told you that it's not like, it's not like the gap is wide. I would have, I would have told you that LeBron isn't far behind him and games three and four put him pretty far ahead of him, in my opinion. Yeah, to me, game game three is the one where LeBron took the edge. And like I said, I, I don't think it's a huge edge that he has right now. Anthony Davis had those uh, first two games where he looked like he was the MVP, like you even said right now. And my takeaways from that game four, was it? Anthony Davis was clutch big time at the end of the game. Like I said, clutch threes, clutch blocks. So it's going to be interesting to see how they come out in this next game. But let me ask you this, Drew. Do you think if LeBron James doesn't win finals MVP, do you think this takes a hit on his legacy? Mm, I think that if he doesn't win finals MVP, I'm going to tell you right now, there's going to be a lot of people that say that he got snubbed. Okay. okay, This is of course, granted he doesn't have a terrible game in game five, but let's be real here. If LeBron has a terrible game in game five, the Lakers aren't winning game five. It'll, it'll go to game six. And so if, if LeBron, you know, he could even have an average game by his standards, you know, where we'll say it's like a, We'll say it's like a 22.8 rebound, seven assist performance. We'll say it's that because that's pretty that's pretty average by his standards. And if he has that kind of a performance and Anthony Davis, we'll say he goes off and he wins, you know, finals MVP. Well, then, in my opinion, there's going to be a lot of people talking about how LeBron got snubbed. Okay, but if he doesn't win it, will it take a hit on his legacy, Drew? No, I don't think so. I don't, you don't think it will. Because if if there's a lot of people talking about how, you know, let's be real here. Yes, when you look at the stats, it's going to say Anthony Davis, finals MVP. And that's, you know, that's going to be on record books forever. You know what I mean? So that's, that's going to be the, that's going to be, you know, where a lot of people think like, oh, well, did LeBron need Anthony Davis to do this? You know what I mean? But I, I, would, I would think that there's going to be a lot of people that argue 
about whether or not Anthony Davis actually deserved to be finals MVP, because I think there's a lot of people that are going to say that LeBron got snubbed. Yeah. I, I don't think that, I mean, if Anthony Davis wins, like we said, if he goes off, like I I'm telling you right now, it's pretty close, honestly, except for that one game. But I do think it'll take a hit on his legacy because when we're, we're talking about, you know, people in the GOAT conversation. So the most common one that we bring LeBron up with is Michael Jordan, who's, you know, six NBA finals and six finals MVPs. So when we match them up like we do or like everyone does, that's going to be one more argument for Jordan against LeBron is going to be, oh, well, he didn't win that finals MVP. So I think it will take a hit on his legacy if it does play out that he doesn't win it. Yeah, you can make that argument. Now, see, I'm going to make I'm going to make the argument where okay, if he does win finals MVP, now you're talking about a player who's gone to three different franchises with different players and different coaches in every franchise and he has now won in every uh and he has won a championship and finals MVP in every one of those franchises. So, do we consider him do we consider him at that point the GOAT? Because at that point, he's done it three times with three different franchises in three different settings with different coaches, different players. Obviously, the one sole factor that is kept the same is him, LeBron James. Yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't consider him GOAT just for doing that um, because I'm not going to hold it against other players who stayed with their teams and won with their teams just because someone else moved around more and won more or didn't even win more, but they just won in different locations. Doesn't put you above someone who won more than you in one location. So who are we considering? Are you considering like the other people in the goat conversation then? Yeah. I mean, you can make that argument. I would say, I would say that the nice thing though, about being on the bulls or being on the Lakers is that, both Jordan and Kobe had good GMs to bring in some good, some good quality players to help them out. LeBron definitely did not have that for his entire tenure in Cleveland. So if he would have stayed in Cleveland, it would have been very difficult for him to win a championship there because he never had a good quality team around him in his first few years in Cleveland. Yeah. But again, I'm not going to, I'm not going to hold it against, you know, someone who, was in a nice situation and was able to capitalize on that, you know, against them just because they were able to win, you know, and let's not forget. I mean, the bulls weren't really the bulls until Michael Jordan got there either. So it's not like they were the Celtics or the Lakers. So he made them and he made them relevant and he, you know, was able to bring people there too. So again, Lakers are going to win this in five most likely. And I think the real thing that we're going to have to look out for is who wins this MVP trophy. Who's going to come out, you know, will Anthony Davis let LeBron James, you know, take over this game so that he could win it? Or is Anthony Davis going to put his foot on the gas and dominate this team like he's been able to? Because they don't have an answer for him. So that's going to be the interesting thing going into this game five is who's going to close this out? Because we've seen Anthony Davis. He's taken over some of these fourth quarters in the clutch whether it's blocks on defense or whether it's big time threes. Yeah. We only time will tell for this game, for this game five. I can't wait, honestly. 
Yeah, I agree. Okay, moving to the NFL. Aaron Rodgers is coming off four incredible performances where he has outplayed the opposing defense and put his team in front at the end of the game. These performances have led to a 4-0 start for the Green Bay Packers. So, George, is Aaron Rodgers making a statement with his performances so far this season? He's definitely making a statement this season, and I think he's making the statement to you know, the Packers, the Green Bay Packers. That's who he's sending this message to. I don't think he's sending it to anyone else because this is the team that drafted his replacement in the first round, has failed to surround him with, you know, wide receivers or skilled position players early in the draft. And like you said, they're starting out 4-0. This is the first time that uh, he's been scored that Aaron Rodgers has scored at least 30 points in four straight games. And this is for franchise history. So he's the first Packer to score 30 points plus in four consecutive games. And then he's also topped that off with 13 touchdowns, zero interceptions. And let's not forget, he's doing this with an injured Devonte Adams an Alan Lazard and a Mercedes Lewis. And he, in this last game, he was 27 for 33 for 327 yards, and in that game, he became the 11th player in NFL history to have at least 4,000 completions. So I think he's definitely sending this message to the Packers organization saying, hey, you know, you should have surrounded me with, you know, a wide receiver and a heavy wide receiver draft class and see the run that I could have made because I'm doing this with arguably practice squad players because everyone's hurt again. And Aaron Rodgers was actually on a podcast that I, I heard this week. And they were basically asking him something along the lines of like, if he feels more comfortable in, you know, the second year with um, the coach, you know, and he, he basically responded by saying, you know, how a lot of people were talking about him and how he kind of fell off the cliff. And he said, you know, a poor year for me is a career year for most quarterbacks. So, you know, he hears all the talk and he knows that he's great and what he's capable of. And he's sending the message out there. What are your thoughts, Joe? See, I'm going to have to disagree on that because he's playing like he's always have been. He's getting, he, yes, he's getting more comfortable in Matt LaFour's offensive type system, but He's always been that player that we've been seeing. He's been great. He, he's and like you said, he has he rarely has any players around him to make plays, except Devonte Adams. That's always been with him, and and he always had a decent running back. But there's always those players that we never really hear about that he he's throwing to getting them catches, and. This, like I said, he has this is this ain't a statement to anything. He, he's proven himself already and he's just playing like he's been playing like every year even last year when when Matt LaFleur came into the Packers organization they went to the um, NFC division on on his first year through Aaron Rodgers and the only reason why they dropped the Jordan Love in that first round is because that's going to be Aaron Rodgers prodigy he's learning from Aaron Rodgers all the ways that he can from a great quarterback I would love to learn from a great quarterback like Aaron Rodgers I'm not talented like that, but he's gonna he's gonna be great after Aaron Rodgers leaves 
from this organization like maybe five, six years from now. Yeah, John, I, I think that's exactly why he's sending this message is because he knows he's got all this time and he's saying, you really drafted my my successor when I'm still here giving you these prime performances and have all these years to give without, you know, the weapons. Yeah, but I, the reason why they drafted him at that position is because the organization probably knows in the next few drafts there ain't going to be really any understudies to Aaron Rodgers in the next few years draft. So that's why they drafted Jordan Love at the position they did. Yeah, but we also know that Aaron Rodgers wasn't happy with that pick. You know, he he made it clear during that draft that he wasn't happy with that. He wanted a wide receiver taken in there or someone to help him. And, you know, the talks all around the league at that time when they drafted Jordan Love was, oh, you know, is he replacing him? How much time does Aaron Rodgers have? And that's exactly why he's sending this message out there like, hey, I can still do this and I can still do this for many years to come. And he's sending that message. But like you said, it was all talks. And there's a video out there, Aaron Rodgers being the big brother type to Jordan Love. They're messing around during, uh, I think it was tr- uh, training camp. They're just messing around with each other. Um, Aaron Rodgers knocking the ball out of his hands, being like that big brother type. So it's going to be more like that feel. And this ain't Aaron Rodgers ain't sending a message. He's playing the game that he knows how to play. Yeah, he's knocking the ball out of his hands saying, hey, Rook, you ain't touching this for a while, so give me that. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> uh, it's interesting that you mentioned. Yeah, it seems, you know, especially because of the age difference between the two. I don't know exactly how old Jordan Love is. I know Rodgers is 34 or 36. Um, I'm assuming Jordan Love is somewhere around the 20, 21, 22 age range. I'm assuming he's somewhere around there. So, you know, of course, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers can definitely be that uncle figure to him. So um, definitely, you know, definitely something to look at. But the question is, is Aaron Rodgers making a statement with his performances? I believe he absolutely is. And the reason, the thing is, the funny thing is, this is who Aaron Rodgers really is. Last year, he had a year where people consider him to be growing old and he wouldn't be a star caliber Q, uh, quarterback anymore. Well, let's look at his stats from last year. Over 4,000 yards passing, 26 touchdowns, four interceptions, passer rating of 95.4. That was a quote-unquote down year, declining year, whatever you want to call it. This year, he's averaging a 128.4 passer rating, second to only Russell Wilson, who I have winning the MVP this year. Let this sink in. The highest you can score on a passer rating is a 158.3. That is a perfect game at the quarterback position. And this week versus the Falcons, he had a 147.5 passer rating. He was 10.8 points away from playing a perfect game at the quarterback position. The hardest position to play in the game. I think this is a statement. And it's interesting, George, that you talked about that you think it's a statement directly to the Packers because I actually was going to I actually was going to ask both you and Joe that and Joe thinks it's not a statement so now I'm going to just give my opinion on that I think this is a statement uh I think that this is a statement to other teams because what I had here was is it a statement to the Packers or is it a statement to other teams 
I think it's a statement to other teams because you mentioned that they haven't gotten him any talent. And I'm willing to bet that he was hoping that that would change this year, but it didn't. Instead, they drafted his replacement. I think he's playing his cards right. I really do. I think he is adding more and more to his resume so that his next team knows exactly what they're getting from him. What do you think, George? Yeah, like I said, I mean, at this point, I mean, every quarterback wants to be with their team. You know, most, I mean, we're talking about these elite quarterbacks. You know, they want to retire with their team. You know, for example, Tom Brady, he really didn't want to leave the Patriots, but they weren't going to keep him around. Same thing with Aaron Rodgers. You know, he doesn't want to leave Green Bay if he doesn't have to. So he's sending this message directly to them saying, hey, you know, you guys are already planning for the next man up behind me while I'm still here giving great performances, still better than majority of the league. And I'm going to show you guys why you messed up. I mean, and in the process, he's showing other potential teams, hey, he still got it. So I don't think he's doing it for other teams, but he's definitely proven his point. You know, he proves himself right. You're going to prove all the doubters wrong at the same time. So, you know, all these other teams are definitely looking because if they're in a need of a quarterback and they think the Packers might be shopping him around because they got, you know, the replacement already, hey, you know, wouldn't be surprised if someone tried to make a move, you know, a year, two years down the road. It's a good point. You mentioned, George, you talked about, you know, you talked about how you think it's both. I think I actually do think it's both as well. I think two things can be true. And in this case, I think he's proving a point to just the entire league. You can make the argument that it's mostly towards the Packers, but I just think it's he's just making that statement to the entire league and just letting everybody know, hey, I'm still here. I'm still Aaron Rodgers. I'm still the greatest talent throwing the football in this league. And I am not declining anytime soon. I think that's definitely the message that he's sending. Now, you mentioned, George, actually about that podcast. And you said that, you know, you talked about the podcast on Tuesday where he mentioned that his down years are career years for most quarterbacks. I'm going to ask you guys, did you like that out of him? Did you like him saying that? Oh, yeah. I love when players talk their talk and, you know, you know, they 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 hear what goes around. And, you know, I, I love it when they come out and they basically prove their point. Like, hey, I'm still that man. I'm a bad man. And don't underestimate me. Don't sleep on me because I will light your team up. What about you, Joe? What are your thoughts? Oh, yeah. I like that poise coming from players. It's good to talk to talk. But as long as you can walk the walk, you can say anything you want. And Aaron Rodgers obviously could walk that walk. Yeah, that, that that's a good point, Drew. I mean, Joe, like if Trubisky was saying that, I'd be like, all right, bro, calm down. But when you're that guy, you know, I, I like that. You know, it's that Mamba mentality like, hey, I'm the best on the field at all times. And I will, like I said, light your team up. What are your thoughts, Drew? Yeah, and you make a great point, Joe. You said, you know, you got to be able to you got to be able to walk the walk, you know. You can't just be all bark and no bite. And most of these most of these quarterbacks are pretty most of these quarterbacks that are I would say are, you know, kind of like above average, you know, like your, you know, your Matthew Stafford's, your Kirk Cousins. They're not really like too big of like talkers. I know that, you know, Kirk Cousins, he has his own, you know, personal like you like that quote. Um, I think that's more kind of, you know, directed to like his teammates, you know, where he like pumps up his teammates, but going back to 
what what I was basically saying. Um, to be honest, I love this. I loved that he said that because I'm going to tell you something right now. He gets a ton of slack for being passive aggressive, quote, quote. And there was nothing passive about that. My man was roasting the people who called him out. And it was great to watch and listen to. We are going to keep it in NFL. The New England Patriots were without their starting quarterback, Cam Newton, for the game due to Cam contracting the coronavirus, the COVID-19 virus. The Patriots had to go with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham at quarterback for the game and ended up losing to the Chiefs 26-10. to So, Joe, we're going to start with you on this one. Was Cam the difference between the Patriots winning or losing this game versus the Chiefs? If Cam was there, they still wouldn't have won that game. It might have would have been closer, but but with the still um, same outcome, this was a weak spot for the Pats, and now I think he still is on that COVID uh, COVID list. And teams will now lean more pressure on that QB spot because Brian Hoyer and that other QB you said, I forgot his name. What was his name again? Uh, Jared, yeah, Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. They know that they're not at the caliber of what Newton is, so they're going to be pressuring them a lot. And when they played the Broncos this weekend on Sunday, and if, if Drew Locke is ready – I'll, I'll let you know who I'll pick, but let's we'll save that for later. George, what are your thoughts? Yeah, so I agree with Joe. It, it would have been the same outcome with or without Cam Newton. I do think it would have been more competitive with Cam Newton there and a lot closer. But the Chiefs have won the last 13 games straight. So they're not a team that just goes out there and loses. And, you know, I, I don't see the Patriots being able to beat them in Arrowhead. And, you know, I, I think there's a lot of factors that came into like the poor performances because it, it could be easily made for why Cam Newton would have uh, maybe helped them win this game because Hoyer and Sidham were pretty bad. I mean, you know, with everything going on, their game got postponed. The Patriots landed in Kansas City that same day they played, which is pretty rare. Like players don't just land and then play that same day. So, you know, they were probably tired from the flight, maybe jet lag, who knows, you know, what was going on, didn't get the right, you know, amount of time to prepare, you know, pregame because they flew in that day. So, I mean, there, there was a lot of elements into the sloppy play from them and, you know, the advantage that the Chiefs had, you know, being being at home, not having to travel under the weird circumstances that were given due to COVID. So, Drew, what, what are your thoughts? Did Cam Newton... Did his absence affect this game? I 100% disagree with both of you guys. Cam was definitely the difference. Now, I said this in our last podcast a week ago, but my biggest key to this game was whether Andy Reid would be able to stand up to Bill Belichick, and clearly he didn't. Belichick kept his Patriots team in the game all the way until the last few minutes of the third quarter. Keep this in mind that the Kansas City Chiefs had a total of six points all the way up until 42 seconds left in the third quarter. Almost three of your four quarters for this high-octane offense of the Kansas City Chiefs were held to six points. 
So for almost three quarters, that's how much points they had. If you don't think that Cam would have been able to score more than six points in those three quarters in this game, you are out of your mind. The Patriots had Damian Harris rush for 100 yards, averaging 5.9 yards a carry, where they were stacking the box because they knew that it was Hoyer and Stidham. Let's be real here. Both Hoyer and Stidham combined for 11 yards rushing. They are not the, they are not the threat, the offensive threat that Cam Newton is rushing the football. Cam would have eclipsed that 11 yards rushing after two rushes, three tops. The Patriots had 185 yards rushing all game and would have definitely had more with Cam at quarterback. All that rushing would have kept the Patriots offense on the field while the clock would continuously go down because of the fact that they are rushing every, you know, for most of their plays. The time of possession was pretty close with New England having a slight edge. If the Pats have Cam and run hard with him, this would have decreased the Chiefs' time of possession even further, which would have resulted in them having less points, or sorry, less time to come back from being down considering they only had six points on the board. One last thing, Hoyer and Stidham had three interceptions combined. You really think Cam is going to have three interceptions this game? He hasn't even had three interceptions this season. I gave them, we had a, we asked about what rating would you give the Patriots to win? I gave them an eight with Cam, but I knew that once they announced that Cam had COVID and wouldn't be able to play, that their chances were slim to none at that point. Belichick did all he could, but his quarterbacks were garbage this game. Neither of them had a passer rating of over 60, and that was the story of this game. I think the Chiefs should honestly count their blessings that COVID struck Cam when it did. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah, so, so let me get this straight. You think the Patriots with a Cam Newton would have beat the Chiefs? I think they would have blown the Chiefs out. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I don't see that happening. And let's not forget who the Chiefs are. We've seen it in the playoffs last year. You could be up for a quarter, a half, three quarters. It doesn't matter. Patrick Mahomes can score at will. And, you know, I, I think they took this game a little easy. You know, we've seen this across all sports, across multiple teams. You know, if it's an easy, quote unquote, easy game that you're supposed to win, a lot of the times they take their foot off the gas and they, you know, relax. And sometimes they get punched in the mouth and lose those games. So I definitely think, you know, maybe that played a part in this on why they didn't look as explosive and kept it close for three quarters. But Either way, the results would have been the same. It would have been a win in the column for the Chiefs, a loss in the column for the Patriots. What are your thoughts, Joe? Yeah, I 100% agree with you, George. No, no matter if Cam was there or not, they, they, they would have lost. And like you said, since he was out, they know that QB position was was uh, mediocre at, that, at the time. They were going to take the foot off, I guess. So knowing that the quarterback position was mediocre and knowing that they could stack the box because there is no threat throwing the football really with Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham, don't you think that that would have played into the Chiefs' favor even more and would have given them an even better opportunity to score more points considering that they would force the Patriots' offense to get off the field more quickly? Because let's be real here, if Cam's at quarterback – they are going to be driving down the field a lot more frequently, and then they're not going to be allowing Patrick Mahomes to be on the field for longer either. He's going to be more on the sideline. Yeah, but they they weren't driving down the field. They only they ended the game with ten points, 
that just shows how the QB position mattered to the Patriots in previous games and how easy the Chiefs took this game. So then you're proving my point pretty much, Joe, because you said that the quarterback play was pretty much garbage. And so if you have Cam there, they drive the ball better down the field and they keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline. But that defense would have played with a different scheme to stop Cam. It's all in the schemes of the quarterback. And they had that scheme play for Hoyer and Stidham. And then if Cam played, they would have changed that scheme up and for Cam Newton to stop Cam Newton. I would say that's at a more of a disadvantage for the Chiefs that they would have to plan for Cam Newton, in my opinion, Joe. Because think about it this way. You have to now cover two different threats. You have to cover Cam's rushing and you have to cover Cam's throwing which we saw that neither of those quarterbacks had a solid rushing offense or a solid throwing offense. But Cam's throwing, that the Chiefs secondary is pretty good. And the, and for to stop Cam's uh, mobility, that, that front line is not uh, pretty good too. So they're like, they're all, all around bound, well balanced and they, they will stop any offense yeah i definitely i definitely disagree with both of you i definitely think that the patriots are winning this game we clearly saw that belichick's defensive scheme was just outmatching andy reed's offensive scheme and we saw that patrick mahomes couldn't really adjust either for three straight quarters i'll give them this when they did adjust they did score they did score 13 points, and that and then that's how they ended their game. They ended their game scoring 19 points as an offense, and their last seven points was off of a pick six. But let's be real here. That's that's very mediocre considering what this Chiefs defense is capable of. And you can make the argument that it's this or that. You can give them all the excuses in the book that you want. You still got to come out. And you still got to play hard on game day. And they they tried to come out and they tried to play hard, but this was a very winnable game for the Patriots. And I think that for sure with Cam at quarterback, they would win it. All right. So now we are going to switch to Joe's weekly pick'em. Joe, are you ready? Oh yeah, I'm definitely ready for this one. All right, let's go for it. So we are going to start off, Joe, with the Panthers and Falcons. So the Carolina Panthers are taking on the 0-4 Atlanta Falcons. Who do you got? Uh, this one was pretty pretty hard one, but uh, I believe the Panthers are going to win this one. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater is getting had some good plays last week, and I feel like he's going to have of a pretty better game than last week. So Panthers for the win. It is a divisional matchup, so it'll be fun to watch. Oh, All yes. right. All right, Joe, your Las Vegas Raiders are going to play the Kansas City Chiefs. Who takes this one? The Raiders. Mm, interesting. All <laughs> right. All right, Joe, the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to take on the Houston Texans. Who wins this one? Sorry, Drew, but the Texans are winning this. They're on the... Uh, come up right now after firing um, 
whatever whatever his name was i forgot his name that's why I, that's so irrelevant but they're gonna win this game for sure yeah i'm not gonna lie to you i'm really upset that they had to choose to fire him right before they're playing my jaguars <laughs> arizona cardinals versus the new york jets joe the cardinals had two prior games that were pretty bad and i believe this is going to be a confidence booster that the cardinals are going to win us all right joe the eagles who are now on top of their division at one two and one play the undefeated steelers at three and oh the steelers are winning this one for sure they could the eagles could stay on top of the division but they ain't beating the steelers all right los angeles rams playing the washington football team joe who do you got I got the Rams, but it'll be it'll be kind of hard because that um, Washington football team's defensive line is pretty good. But we'll see if Chase Young plays. If he plays, I believe they could give the Rams a run for their money. But the Rams are still going to win. All right, Joe. And then our last our last game in the morning, at least in the morning for us here in the West Coast is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals versus the Baltimore Ravens. Who do you have? Oh, that's an easy one. The Baltimore Ravens. They're this this they're, they're going to toy around with them, but the Ravens are going to absolutely blow them out. All right. And then next we have the Miami Dolphins taking on the San Francisco 49ers, Joe. Okay. So, this was I actually debated going back and forth between both teams because if Jimmy G plays, then I'll go for the Niners. But if he don't doesn't play, the Fitz Magic and his Dolphins could could come on the rise. But I do have the Niners winning this one. But mm. I'll, it'll, it'll, we'll see how it comes on Sunday. Mm. Indianapolis Colts, who are three and one, take on the Cleveland Browns, who are also three and one. Joe. The odds are even. This, I believe, the the, the Colts are they're going to ride their winning streak out, and they're going to win this game. Both defenses are running really good, but with Nick Chubb out for the Browns, I, the the Browns a rushing game won't be as active as they were last week, and that's when the Colts are going to pounce. Colts with a dub. All right, Joe, another divisional matchup here. The Dallas Cowboys taking on the New York Giants. This is what probably going to put the Cowboys at the number one uh, in their division. The Cowboys are going to win this one. If they do win it, they'll be two and three at the top of their division. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, Minnesota Vikings versus the undefeated Seattle Seahawks, Joe. Uh, The Seattle Seahawks are winning this one. They're they're gonna it's gonna be a, a grown men amongst boys out there. Mm. All right. On Monday night, we have the Broncos taking on the Patriots, Joe. Who do you got? Okay, so like I said in my prior one, this one was hard because if Drew Locke plays, because I know he's listed as questionable, I do believe the Broncos can beat these Patriots if Cam Newton's out. I think is he confirmed out still? Uh, I think it's I think it's up for debate still. Okay, well, if let's just say he's out. 
and Drew Locks plays, I believe the Broncos can win it, but Drew Lock is questionable. I can see the Patriots winning. Mm. All right, Joe. The New Orleans Saints are going to take on the Los Angeles Chargers, who have now officially named Justin Herbert as their starter. Yeah, that was the right time for them to name him the starter, but the Saints will win this one. All right. And then a Tuesday game, which is going to be really interesting. It'll give us something to do on Tuesday night. The Buffalo Bills, who are undefeated at 4-0, are going to take on the Tennessee Titans, who are also undefeated at 3-0. Who do you got, Joe? All right, George, you ready for this one? I'm ready. I got... Uh, George, I got the Bills winning this one. They're they're gonna they're gonna throw the Titans under the water. It, Josh Allen just playing like a top dog out there, and like George said in the previous podcast, he's playing like an MVP, and we we might as well we we could might see a good MVP type game from Josh Allen. Yeah, Joe, I, I knew you were trying to fool me like you fooled Andrew on that one weekly pick but you, I know the Bills earned your respect. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah, you didn't fool me this time either, Joe. <laughs> well, the, the, we knew, you knew from the get-go when <laughs> when the, the Texans head coach got fired that the Texans were going to win this week. Oh, yeah, but I was more so referring to the Dolphins one. You know what this says, George, though, about your Bills? Uh-oh. What's it say? It says that your bills might underperform like my Jags underperformed now that Joe now that Joe has played around with picking them. No, no, no. That that only that, that only works for you. You're the one that put that curse on them. Oh, we'll see. Joe, I got I got an important question for you, Joe. Okay, what's up? All right, man. So Thursday night football, you picked the Bucks, but Nick Foles took advantage of Tom Brady once again. I don't know what happened with Tom Brady. I don't know if, if he's off his TB12 treatment or something because I know he thought it was third down. He thought it was fourth down, but it was really third down. <laughs> I don't know what's going on out there, but they barely lost, and the Bucks should have won that game. I'm sorry. It could have been the Bucks injuries that they had, but they should have they should have won that game. Hold on. I'm going to go Jimmy Butler on you, George. That's not a question. You're right. I didn't get to finish my sentence. <laughs> well, I, I answered your future question. Joe knew what I was saying. But yeah, <laughs> Nick Foles took advantage of him once again. And, hey, you know how when Tom Brady was on the Patriots, they always beat the Dolphins, but that second game they played, they always lost to him. Nick Foles could be that Dolphin type to the Tom Brady's Buccaneers. Yep. Ready to see how your weekly pickums do this week, Joe? I hope they don't do bad. I can tell you that. Well, I know that's what you hope. <laughs> but will they? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's all the time we have for today, everyone. Thank you for joining us here on Highly Contested. We will post a podcast every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. So be sure to stay tuned, keep with it, and be prepared to be highly contested. Have a good one. Highly contested. Highly contested. Dummy, dummy, dummy.